This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn is an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I decided to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for preparation for Comlex Level 1 and Level 2. Each TrueLearn SmartBank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. For my listeners taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE SmartBank. If you are in your third year, TrueLearn also offers SmartBanks for shelf exams and Comat shelf exams. Go to truelearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Hello everyone, I am recording this a day after taking Comlex Level 2, and I just wanted to provide my first impressions of the exam, just like I did with Step 2, and then I'm going to record in a few weeks after I get my score report, because I'm sure that I'm going to have a lot more reflection knowing how I did on it. So I did record about my Step 2 experience, I do highly recommend you listen to that even if you're not taking step two because it does provide a lot of tips for test day and leading up to test day that would be applicable. So my impression of the exam was that it was more difficult than I expected it to be. I was most nervous about this one compared to step one, level one, and step two. Comics level two was the one that I was most nervous about. And I think it's because now, because step one and level one are pass fail, even though when I took the exams, they were not pass fail. I actually have a three digit score. But with this upcoming cycle, so I'm applying to residency 2022 to 2023, with that, some of the people applying actually have a pass or fail for step one and level one because they took it a little bit later than I did. Residencies will see a mix of people with three-digit scores and people with a pass or a fail. A lot of residencies are putting a little bit more weight into level two and step two. So this is the one that is going to count. So I passed both level one and step one. My level one percentile was much higher than my step one percentile. So I did very well on level one. And it's expected that I would have a better percentile for level one compared to step one because I'm a DO student. So fast forward to this year, I got my step two score a day before taking Comlex. And I wasn't wasn't sure I wanted to look at it because I didn't want to psych myself out if I didn't do as well as I wanted to. 
and then I would be discouraged about taking level two. But I instead, because I felt okay about that exam, I instead wanted to look at the score because I thought it would be an encouragement for me to do better on level two. And that was true. I looked at my step two score and I did much better than I thought I would. My step two percentile was much better than my step one percentile. I think it was pretty similar, but I think my level one percentile was still a little bit better. Now I have this added pressure that I want level two to be better than my level one because that's always the goal. You'll see that usually that people increase their score just because the average is also higher. So you want it to be higher than your step one or level one. So now I have that added pressure that I have to perform better than my level one. And I also have this pressure to perform better percentile wise than my step two. Because I'm a DO student, my COMLEX score should be better. So this past two weeks, I have been doing a lot of studying for OMM. And I think that paid off because the OMM questions that I saw with the exception of one, none of them really were confusing to me. I felt pretty comfortable with them. And the one that I thought was a little bit confusing, I I think I was able to narrow it down to the correct answer using process of elimination, but really I was comfortable with OMM. And Other than that, there was a lot of things that showed up that I thought was a little surprising. I used TrueLearn ComBank, which sufficiently prepared me for a lot of the questions, the vast majority of the questions. Even the way that TrueLearn questions are worded was very similar to Comlex. And I highly recommend doing TrueLearn's ComBank for your Comlex exams. However, I use other question banks in addition to TrueLearn as well. And there were still questions on Comlex that I was not prepared to see. And a lot of them were ethics-based questions that I was a little bit clueless on. All of the ones that would have shown up on USMLE, I felt pretty good about because I had so much studying time for it. Other than that, there was just a lot of questions that I was flagging, and it always seems like I flag way more than than I actually do, because I think I was usually flagging about 8 to 11 per 44 question section, so the other ones I was pretty confident about or was at least able to pick an educated answer and not feel like I have to revisit it at the end of the section. There was a bit that I wish I studied a little bit more of, and one of those is more ethics and law-related things, which USMLE doesn't focus nearly as much on as Comlex. And then the other part that I really wish I worked on a little bit more was microbiology. There was a ton of microbiology. A lot of them were more obscure bugs that I don't think I have seen at all since studying the four level one. And um, they're ones that aren't really common on a lot of question banks and prep materials. If I could just make a call of action for anyone that is educating DO students at all, we need more 
prep materials that focus on these very obscure bugs in microbiology, and we also need more law education. I also think that my school does a pretty good job with incorporating more ethics and law into the curriculum, but we are like so far away from it now. And also, I don't know if they go over everything that could possibly show up on Comlex. There's not enough prep resources going over these things, and it constantly shows up again and again. Another thing I would add to this list is supplements. Yeah, we need to get more education about supplements because that's showing up on complex exams and patients are asking about it too. So it's not just for the test. Patients want to ask their doctors questions about supplements and we never know what is going on. And I know that is a complicated issue because of FDA regulations, but something needs to be done. I hope I can use this podcast also to talk about supplements and talk about different evidence for taking supplements and maybe dispute some false claims about supplements, but I think most doctors are not comfortable talking about that. But I think the osteopathic medical field is trying to incorporate that more into education. I don't really see that being done too much on the MD side of things, but I think there really is a need for this because I personally believe that, yes, pharmaceuticals, drugs are very important for patients, and usually patients need to be taking medication. However, I think that doesn't exclude supplements from being very helpful to patients and sometimes even being a safer method of treatment. But I think that most doctors are not comfortable recommending supplements because we are not taught enough about it. And also the FDA is not regulating these supplements. So it's a really hard and complex issue, but I hope that I can kind of contribute to to further understanding about supplements and how they can help and maybe how they might um, harm as well. But gosh, that was a tangent, wasn't it? That is all to say that there was a few topics that I just wasn't prepared for. There's this interesting phenomenon. I think most people think that they do worse on tests than they really do because when you flag questions, that means that you see those questions that you're not sure of twice. And so it makes it seem like you're unsure twice as much of the time as you actually are because you're you're viewing the questions that you feel comfortable with only once, but you're viewing the questions that you're not sure about at least twice. So I think that that contributes to this uneasy feeling about being confused and being unsure of yourself. But I will say that my time management for Comlex was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So I will talk about a little bit about step two here just for comparison. So um, step two, I did feel a very significant time crunch in my last section, but that was really the only time crunch that I had. Oh, and also with step two, I took a break between every block and you have an hour total of break time. So fast forward to Comlex, it's a little bit of a different schedule. So there is still eight blocks. With step, you have 40 questions for each hour block. But for Comlex, you actually have four hours for four blocks. 
So you can use an hour and a half for one block and then a half hour for another block, but no one does that. Usually people time themselves so they're using about an hour per block. But if you only use like 50 minutes for a block, then you have that extra 10 minutes for another block in the same four block section. So there's two four block sections. But each of those mini blocks is 44 questions. So if you kind of pace yourself with 44 questions per hour, so you have less time per question. But I will say, I think Comlex, the question stems are a little bit shorter. I don't know if they're actually really shorter, but I just think that I did spend less time per question than I did on a step. But I didn't run out of time for any of my sections. I always use less than an hour per section. So I didn't feel as much of a time crunch, which I really wasn't expecting. I was seeing this, oh, 44 questions per hour as something that was going to be really hard to make, but it actually was fine. I think especially because some of the questions, you really only have to read the last sentence and then the question and you're able to answer it without reading the rest of the stem. Something I really do love about Comlex that makes it like 10 times as better as Step is that they put the normal values within the question stem. So when they say that potassium is 2.8, they'll actually put in, in parentheses next to it, the normal potassium values. So you don't have to open this um, lab value sheet like you do with step. That is so annoying. And then you have to search through to look for the potassium levels. So it's all in there. There is no a normal lab sheet you can just look at it in the question and they always provide it they like never assume that you know the normal values and then when they have like a chart that has a bunch of lab values there's always a column that says what the normal value is so it makes it I think that in itself can make up for the extra seconds that like you don't have so I think that really does add up. And that's probably why I didn't feel as much of a time crunch. I can just focus all of my time and energy into reading and answering the question instead of looking for lab values. Another tip that I have is you don't want to spend so much time on one question that it takes away time that you could spend on multiple other questions. So then Maybe you'll get that one question that took you four minutes to do, but then you took away correct answers that you could have had on three different questions, right? Also with the breaks, you have a 10 minute break after block two. So halfway through like that first section. And then in the middle of the day, so after the fourth block, you have a 40 minute lunch and then you have another 10 minute break after the sixth block so halfway through the afternoon section so that equals out to the same amount of break time which is 60 minutes but i'm not able to get up and walk around in between every block like i could for step and i was really nervous about this actually because i was so used to only having to sit and focus for an hour and then i'll be able to get up and walk around but for this, you always have to do two sections in a row, and I was kind of scared for that because I wasn't used to doing that, but it actually wasn't bad at all. It actually made the day go a little bit faster than with taking step two because I was able to just crank through two sections, and then I'm already done a quarter of the exam, right? 
So I actually liked that setup. I kind of felt like I didn't want to take the full 40 minutes for my break in the middle of the day. I wish it was more like you have a half hour for that break and then you had 15 minutes for the other two breaks because I like did not even come close to using the full 40 minutes. During exam days, I much prefer to like snack throughout the day instead of having an actual lunch. I did talk about this in my step two recording about what exactly I eat and everything. And I think it's way better to just have have like stable lasting energy throughout the whole day instead of having spikes of glucose throughout the day and ending up hungry towards the end of your afternoon session. So I'll just share like what what I ate and the caffeine that I used for Comlex. So it's pretty similar to what I talked about with um, step two. I was depriving myself of caffeine for two days before the exam because I am a one cup of coffee a day drinker. And I basically got my body used to zero caffeine so that the caffeine that I had on test day would affect me a little bit more. So I was into a really bad habit of going to bed late and sleeping in a little bit, but I used the week leading up to the exam to get back to waking up early and going to bed early as well. So I was prepared for test day waking up at 5.30 like I did. So on test day, I made myself a small bowl of oatmeal. I did also have two eggs with spinach and cheese. So I was able to get some protein before going. And I also had one cup of coffee. And yeah, that's what I had for breakfast. And then what I packed and ate. Um, so I took about half of a five-hour energy after my second block. And I think I probably could have taken a sip or two even before the exam because I think the tiredest I actually was was my first two blocks and my last two blocks. So after my second block, took half of the five-hour energy. And then then after my um, sixth block, I took the other half of the five-hour energy. And I also drank a little bit of water that I poured some kind of like B vitamin energy like crystal light type packet. So what I ate after the second block I had half of a a Lara bar and then during lunch I had the other half of the Lara bar and I had a pepper jack cheese stick and I had almonds. Um, so it was a pretty light lunch. And then after my six block, uh, so the afternoon break, I had another cheese stick. So I actually was hungry, like during my last block. So I probably could have eaten a little bit more. I just think that the breaks were so short and I didn't want to eat too much during the lunch period. Um, so that means that I, I wish I kind of, ate a little bit more during the lunch, um, but I, if I had more time during the morning and afternoon break, I would have eaten a little bit more, and I think that would have given me more consistent energy, but otherwise, I think I had better energy stores um, for this exam than for step two. I think step two, I was up and down a little bit with being a little bit too jittery and then being pretty tired by the time my last block came around. 
I think for Comlex, I was a little bit more consistent, even though I was definitely feeling less energy during my last block and I also didn't feel like I had enough energy during my first block. So that's just something that um, I just wanted to share what I did and how it affected me. Obviously everyone's body is different but I think and I talked about this in my last recording for step two is that the main idea here is that you want to aim for protein primarily and like healthy fats. Try not to get too much carbs. I think if you're going to do carbs, make sure that it's not sugar. Sugar is going to really mess up with um, giving you a spike and then a um, decline after that of energy. And definitely stay hydrated. I also had a water bottle with me. I would also really recommend um, take a bathroom break during every break. I did have my phone with me for this test just because I left my phone in the car for step two and it got like way too hot and actually like powered down and everything so I didn't want that to happen again and damage my phone so I took it in with me but I had to turn it off and I only turned it on during my lunch break but otherwise I'd never used my phone to look up the answer to any other question because I think that would usually result because I would only look that up for questions I wasn't sure about. So questions I probably got wrong. So I didn't want to look up something and then confirm that I got it wrong because I think that would psych me out and that would really negatively affect and discourage me really. So I would probably say like, don't bring your phone with you or just keep it off in your bag because I don't think it like ever helps. But yeah, I think that is really the advice that I would share. I will record again when my scores come back and I'm hoping that it's good news and that I can share with you how I did kind of in general and see if I, how my percentile kind of compares to the other tests I I took in preparation of having a really solid application for residency. So until then, thank you for listening. Hello everyone, I am now recording after getting my exam score back for Comlex Level 2. I was very happy with my score. It was actually just my goal to improve my score compared to Level 1, which the percentiles are a little bit different. So the 50th percentile for Comlex Level 2 is actually higher than the 50th percentile for Level 1. So in theory, everyone should improve their score. And I did have a very strong Comlex level one score that I was proud of. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do much better than that. So it was really just my goal to get to that score and perhaps do better. But I did actually do, I did improve my score by quite a bit and I did jump percentile points as well. So I just wanted to talk about how my score compared to some of the metrics that are used to predict scores and how accurate I think those methods are when you're studying and trying to trying to gauge how you're doing. So the first way that I heard of predicting a score was to compare it to your COMAT percentiles because these are also run by MBOME, and with each score, there is a percentile associated with it. 
So one of the theories is to take these percentiles and find the average of the percentiles and that can then be converted into a COMLEX score that would be predicted. I personally scored 14 percentile points on the real exam than what I calculated as the average COMET percentile. So 14 points is a pretty big leap. So I'm not sure if that's the most accurate way of predicting a score. So I'm gonna talk about a few other ways. So one of the ways I also heard of is that most of board exams focus on medicine. So it would then make sense to just take your internal medicine COMET percentile. And at my school, we took the internal medicine COMET twice. So in my case, it was the average of those percentiles. And then that might be able to predict your COMLEX level two score. So I did do that now, and I actually found that I still scored 13 percentile points higher on the exam than what the IM percentiles would have predicted. So that is also a big leap. Another way, this is my own point of view, that taking the internal medicine shelf exam would make sense with maybe the USMLE step two, but with osteopathic students, maybe it makes more sense to take the average of the internal medicine COMAT and the osteopathic principles and practice or the OPP COMAT because knowing OMM is so important to COMLEX, so that should probably be factored in as a metric as well. So when I did that calculation, that came within four percentiles of my actual score my actual exam was about four percentile points higher than what that equation predicted. And if you want to find the percentiles for your COMAT scores, they're available on the NBOME website. You can just Google NBOME COMAT percentiles and it will come up. And if you're curious about your COMLEX percentile, you can also just Google NBOME score conversion or percentile calculator and it will come up. So that method worked a little bit better. Another thing that I've heard is to just use your TrueLearn percentile. TrueLearn's our sponsor and that question bank is great because it keeps track of your overall percentile as you go. So it's not just your percentile for any given question or any given question block, but it actually keeps your cumulative percentile. And this is the metric that I actually use to try to predict what my score might be, uh, just to gauge my progress. And my TrueLearn percentile came within six percentiles of my actual score. My actual score was about six percentile points higher. And then the last metric that I'll use, this one came the closest of any, is that the level one score can predict your level two score because my level one score was only three percentiles less than my level two score. So I improved by three percentile points. That one came closest out of any of these calculations. However, if level one is now pass fail, everyone that takes their exam moving forward will not have a three-digit score. But I think what came closest to that is 
using TrueLearn's percentile or taking the average between your IM COMET and your OPP COMET. But I ultimately did better than any of these calculations. And I think that's just because I made sure that I was taking care of myself. I didn't cram. I made sure that I exercised every day. I was eating healthy. I was taking time to decompress. And my dedicated period was between four and six weeks. So it wasn't too long and it wasn't too short. I think all of those things taken together, plus the adrenaline on test day, is what made me rise even higher than what I was predicted to do after a lot of hard work and studying throughout the year. I just wanted to finish this episode by saying good luck to all my fellow osteopathic medical students as you go through this stressful process of preparing for COMATS, for COMLEX exams, and I hope that my own experience studying and taking level two can help you with your journey as well. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.